You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. As we jump into the message today, uh, would you just would you just close your eyes, bow your heads? Would you just pray with me this morning as we as we walk into God's word? Father, today, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, I thank you that you're here. Father, I thank you for the special anointing that you have on this place, on these people, on this house, Lord. I thank you that you're doing a great work through us. God, I just ask that you would just continue to, to, to do this great work through us. God, we just say today that we're your vessels. Lord, whatever, whatever you want to give to people, Lord, you can trust it with us. You can trust that we will take care of your resources and we will give it to those in need. God, would you open our hearts today? Lord, open our hearts to hear from you as we walk through your scripture and your word today. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen, amen. All right, we're talking about Away in a Manger today. What a beautiful little Christmas hymn, song. It, it, it's so awesome. I want to give you some context to it this morning as, as we jump into it. I, I, oh, there's some stockings. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about little Lord Jesus today, but I want to give you some context and this Away in a Manger idea. Away in a Manger was published in 1885 in a Lutheran Sunday school curriculum. And uh, it's actually believed that Martin Luther himself wrote this little Away in a Manger. It's believed that Luther wrote it, and uh, it's actually kind of nicknamed Luther's Cradle Hymn. And so uh, most people believe that Martin Luther wrote it, although there's no one that can be strictly positive about it. They can't say that for sure. So it's kind of a mystery to who wrote the song. We have an idea, but it's a mystery. But however, although it might be a mystery with who wrote the song, it's no mystery that every year when it comes to Christmas time, that this song can really touch our hearts about our little Lord Jesus. And um, I think there's something interesting, and I, I think there's actually something amazing about thinking about Jesus as a baby. You know, when you think of the Christmas story, and when you think of Jesus coming to this earth as a baby, and him being born in this manger in this cave, it, it, it really does something to you. At least it really does something to me. Because when I think about this Christmas story and I, when I think about Jesus being born in the way that he was born, it just really shows us how Jesus was just stripped of everything godly, of all of his glory and all of his power. And he was literally born in one of the lowest places on earth. He was born in this barn, so to say, in, this, in, the, in the side of this cave. And I think it really just shows us the grace and the love of Jesus for him to humble himself, for God to humble himself and become man. I just think it really shows the grace of our God. And we see that in this, in this song. In fact, there's a phrase that's used over and over again in this song that I want to focus on. And uh, my hope is that when you hear this song again, when you listen to this song this Christmas season, you can kind of remember some of the things that we talk about today. And I hope that it touches you. I hope it makes you think a little bit different about this song. This phrase over and over again that I want to focus on is just simply this, little Lord Jesus, little Lord Jesus. And I'm, I, I love that phrase. I love the phrase, little Lord Jesus in the song. I want to look at that today, and uh, I want to look at how it can really impact our lives. Now, the part that I love about this phrase is not 
the little part, but I love the Lord Jesus part. In fact, I actually think that when we talk about little Lord Jesus, I think it's kind of unfortunate because in some ways, uh, if we just focus on little baby Jesus, uh, it can be a bit of a, of a disservice to us. Um, in fact, there's, there's a quote from a, a, a movie that I just love that, is, that, that just says, uh, Jesus isn't just this six pound, eight ounce little baby Jesus. Some of y'all know. <laughs> he had a beard, everybody, you know? And, and uh, if you know, you know. If not, you're better off. But uh, <laughs> He had a beard, but yeah, Jesus grew up. He, he, was, he was not just a baby this whole time, and uh, there's so much more to him. And so instead of just focusing on little Lord Jesus this Christmas, the little part of Lord Jesus this Christmas season, what I want to do today is I just want to focus on this word, Lord. I want to talk about what it means to call Jesus Lord. I want to talk what it means to make him Lord in your life. And so really the key thought to this message is simply this, is that you just need to accept that Jesus is Lord, that that's who he is. Jesus is Lord. In fact, it's said 740 times in the New Testament, it says that Jesus is Lord. How many of you know, if you say something 740 different times, it must be important, right? And so it says it 740 different times in the New Testament that Jesus is Lord. And I want to look at that, uh, I, and I want to really read today out of a very classic Christmas verse. Uh, one, one of these, this, this Christmas verse is probably one of the most quoted. In fact, when I was a kid uh, at our little Christian school, we had to memorize this whole chapter of Luke chapter 2. And uh, I'm so glad that I did, but this, this whole chapter, I don't have the time to just spit it off to you uh, like I could, everybody, you know? And, <laughs> but but I, could, I could summarize it a little bit for you. This is really where we see the first mention of Jesus' birth and where we see Jesus called Lord. And uh, the story goes that the shepherds were watching their flocks by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and he said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He's Christ the Lord. And so the big question that I want to ask you today is if Jesus is Lord, if he is the Lord, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to us? If Jesus is Lord... How does that play into our life every single day? If Jesus is Lord, what does that mean for our finances? If Jesus is Lord, what does that mean for our marriage? Or what does that mean for this Christmas season? What does that mean for our relationships? What does that mean? Well, I want to break it down for you. The Greek word that's used right here is translated kurios. And kurios just means supreme in authority, controller, our Lord. Now I can already imagine that for some of you, this word right here is really going to bother you. This word controller. Because if, if, if Jesus is the controller, you know what that means? He's got some competition. You know who his greatest competition is? It's you. Because how many of you would say, I want control over my own life? I want control over what I do. Because every single one of us 
We want to be in control. We want to be in control of our lives. Now, thankfully, I don't have this problem at all, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not a control freak whatsoever. I mean, as long as everything goes my way, <laughs> I don't have this problem at all. As long as people listen and uh, they do what they're supposed to do, I don't have this. <laughs> no, absolutely. I am a control freak, everybody. I, I, I am definitely a control freak. I share the same problem with you, and I, I, I was just thinking of some of the things that I do that really just show this, and uh, some of the things that I just realized, even just last night, I was like, whoo, I am a bit of a control freak. Like, okay, give you an example. Every time that we go on a trip, guess who has to drive? <laughs> I want to drive, I, I, I drive the car. Or when we watch TV, you know who holds the remote? Yeah, that's right. That's right, everybody. I hold the remote and my, my money, you know, I, my day, my schedule, my list, I, I, I've, I've got it all under control. I hang around my people. I got, got, got control. Of, <laughs> I don't have control of the people around me, although I wish I, you know, I'm, sometimes I wish I could just fix them, you know, and uh, y'all laugh, but you know, you share in that. You got some people that you want to fix too, you know, like you could just, if I could just take you and just show you what to do, you know, uh, we all, we all got that. I mean, Hey, y'all are this Christmas. You're trying to, I'm sure I love the holidays because you really see the controllers in the family because everybody's like, I want to have Christmas at my house. No, we've always done it at grandma's house. You know, like <laughs> the control, we, we all want to have this control. And uh, you, you, you see it during the holidays. And uh, but scripture teaches us that we submit under the authority of the Lord, who is the controller who holds the keys of life, of our life in his hand. So what does that mean? What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? What does it mean for him to be in supreme authority? And if I can just be very technical with you for a moment, um, we, we as Christians, we, we develop this kind of language that we use all the time, and I fall into it as well. But we, we develop this kind of Christianese language to where we say things like, well, well we're just going to, I'm going to make Jesus my Lord. Now, you, you're kidding. And even I'll say this at the end. You can make Jesus the Lord of your life today. You can make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Here's the deal. God made Jesus the Lord a long time ago. <laughs> He's not waiting on you to, to make him Lord. He, Jesus is already Lord. We just simply surrender our life under the Lordship of Jesus. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, well, we surrender to the person who is already in control. The person who knows the beginning to the end. We surrender to him. And can I tell you, when you, when you surrender your life to Jesus, you relinquish control of your life. When you say Jesus is Lord... You surrender your life to him. And so the rest of the time together, I just want to talk about two very simple things, two different ideas on how do we surrender ourselves to the lordship of Christ. There's two different ways that people surrender, two popular ways that people surrender. This one is the most popular. This is what we do in our culture today. Most of us are partially surrendered. We live the partially surrendered life, the partially surrendered life. And you know, I'm, I, I am very, I'm actually, this is what keeps me up at night. Um, this is why we started this church. 
because there are so many people, and I'd say especially even just in this region in general, that live the partially surrendered life. They're only partially surrendered. And there's, there's so many cultural Christians, there's so many casual Christians, however you want to say it, that they believe in God, but they act like he doesn't exist. If you'd ask them about their faith, some of them have very strong faith, but the way that they live, you'd never even know. And Jesus talks about this. In fact, this is a popular topic for Jesus. He often talks about these people who say they know my name, but then they do something different. In fact, let's look at what scripture teaches us in Luke chapter six, verse 46. He says this, this was after, this was after a, a parable about the wise and foolish builders. He, he's speaking of the foolish people here. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, well, why do you give me this lip service? Like, why do you, you can say that, you can say what you want about me, but your actions aren't showing it. You, it's the whole, like, don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk type thing, right? That's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, why do you call me Lord, but then go around and just do whatever you want to do? And you know, so many people, I think today, that's where they live. They live in this partially surrendered life. They live in this idea that, you know what? I believe in Jesus, but I don't trust him with everything. I believe in Jesus, but I've, I've got to take care of my kids. I believe in Jesus, but I still want to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I mean, I should be able to still have fun, right? And by the way, you can have fun with Jesus, but I'm just saying that it, it, I believe in Jesus, but essentially what we say is, I still want a little bit of control. I still need that control in my life. We give him some things, but we're not willing to give him everything. I brought you an illustration today. Got, got a Bible here with me this morning. Here's what happens with so many of us. We make, make Jesus our Lord, and we live in this partially surrendered life. And we give him some things, but not everything. And here's what happens. We say, well, I trust you, God. God, I trust you that you're my provider. I read in your word that you're my provider, but there's no way I can give 10%. And there's, you know what, God? I trust that, I, I trust that you're my Lord. And I know that your word says that I need to forgive those who hurt me. But I'm not willing to. Because I'm going to control my own life. You know what? I, God, I trust you. And uh, God, I'll give you my Sunday mornings. But you can't have Saturday night. You can't have Friday. Maybe sometime on Monday. But not all week. And I'm telling you, some of y'all are like about to leave. Like you're thinking like, listen everybody. You think I'm going to get struck by lightning right, <laughs> right now. He just ripped up, the pastor just ripped up the Bible. Now let me clarify everybody. I just got some sheets of paper back here that I'm just, I stapled in myself. I'm not ripping scripture up. Y'all calm down, you're a little tense. <laughs> but listen, it's just an illustration. But really, so many of us, that's how we live our life. We pick and choose. We, 
rip out the truth every day with the way that we live, with the way that, honestly, some of us with the way that we live and then then the way that we don't live. And we pick and choose. And Jesus said, don't call me Lord and just go and do whatever you want. Why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? It's a partially surrendered life. And in fact, I brought to you a verse today, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, um, I brought it to you in an interesting translation. This is the partially surrendered version, <laughs> everybody. So we're going to read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 in the, in, the, in the partially surrendered version. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Lean on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge him. And you can make your own path straight. Now, if you're new to church, this is not a real version of the Bible, everybody. This is the partially surrendered version. This is what I just made up. But I'm just telling you, some of us, this is how we read scripture. Trust in the Lord. Well, with some of my heart. (laughs) I'll give him partial. No, 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 no. Can I just tell you this morning, Jesus is no part-time Lord. He's never been a part-time Lord for you. And he doesn't want part-time followers. And it's so true. And you know, when you, when you come to him, when you surrender your life to him, he wants your whole life. That's what we see all throughout scripture. Jesus grew up. He had a beard, everybody, right? He, he, he grew up and he said, and he, and he would go around and he would, Jesus would say things like, you know what? You want to follow me? Take up your cross and follow me. You want to find your life? You know what he says? If you want to find your life, lose it. Give it away. Surrender and come under the lordship of Jesus. Jesus, who is the supreme authority. And so we come under his lordship. And it's not a pick and choose type of thing. It's not, I like this, but I don't like that, right? It's not a pick and choose type of thing. It's all of it. Why do you call me Lord? And not do what I say. So here's what I want you to do. Would you take a moment on your note-taking sheet? There is a question that just simply says, what have I not surrendered to the Lord? And if you don't have a note-taking sheet, think about it in your head. What have I not surrendered to the Lord? Would you take a moment just right now in the middle of the service and think, just be very open and honest. And I'm telling you, if you sit through a service like this, I think God's probably already knocking, knocking on the door in your heart. He's probably already revealing something to you. But would you just be honest and would you just answer this question? What have I not surrendered to the Lord? What area am I still trying to control in my life? What area am I unwilling to give to the Lord? And it could be any number of different things, but I want you to be really open and honest. And would you just put a name to it? I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe for you, it's just your health, that you don't trust that God, God is going to provide for you and heal, heal you. You don't trust that he's going to be with you. Maybe for you, it's your temper. Maybe for you, it's your children. You don't trust God with your children. Or maybe you don't trust God with your relationships. Maybe it's your finances. You don't believe that God it can provide for you. You don't believe. Maybe for some of us, it's just our future. We just don't know what's ahead of us. And so we don't trust God with our future. What is it? What is it that you are not fully surrendered? How have you not fully surrendered to the Lordship of Christ? Can I tell you, Jesus does not want 
lukewarm, half-hearted, part-time followers of Christ. He wants the fully surrendered version. That's what he's after. Jesus is no part-time Lord, and he wants no part-time followers. Y'all with me this morning? You there? I know this one can hurt. I, and trust me, it hurts me. That's why I'm preaching it to you, because there's so many areas of my life that I can see that, yeah, I'm pastor during the week, but man, so often I can just find myself just not fully surrendered, not fully asking God to take care. It can hurt, but sometimes I can live the partially surrendered life. And I know if I can, I know you can too. And so let's, let's work on this together. Here's what I want us, here's where I want us to live though. This is another level of surrender. This is what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to be in the fully surrendered life, to live our life fully surrendered. Now, I'm not just going to talk about the Sunday. The, I, 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 I don't want to talk about just the Sunday surrendered, like everybody, we come and we worship on Sunday and we're fully surrendered during worship, but then we yell at the kids on our way out, you know? Uh, we, more than that. He's not just talking about the convenient surrenderer who, yeah, when I get some time, I surrender my life to the Lord. <laughs> I even, there's even some people out there who are the God bless America surrenders. You know what I mean? Like they're just, for whatever, they're, they're patriotic and also love the Lord sometimes when they feel like it. Like he's not looking just for those part-time people. He's looking for the fully surrendered ones. The ones that will hold nothing back. Look at what Romans chapter 14. It says this. It says, for we do not, for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. For if we live, what is it? It's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to do what? It's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, what do we do, everybody? We belong to to the Lord. Listen, our life is not our own. Instead, we surrender to his lordship. In fact, to give you an example of this, I was thinking about this, and uh, I wanted to just give you an illustration of what it's like to surrender your life to the Lord. So Emily and I, we're married, right? And I've got my beautiful wife right there. And uh, she's, I, I belong to Emily, right? We're married. I belong to Emily, and she belongs to me, right? True? Y'all, is it True. Okay, all right, just making sure. <laughs> Want to clarify. And, uh, you know, when we got married, I bought her the best ring that I could buy on a budget, everybody. And, uh, and so I, I, got, I got the best ring that I could buy for cash. And when I gave it to her, got down on one knee and I said, you know, will, will you be mine? Will you marry me? That type of thing. Now, I got a question about that. How much did the ring that I gave her, how much did that ring cost her? It, it didn't cost her anything, right? She didn't pay for it. It cost me a lot, but it cost her nothing. Now, when she received that gift, how much did it cost her to receive that ring? It cost her everything, right? It cost her everything. She gave her life to me. Here's the deal. She belongs to me, and I belong to her. And we belong to the Lord, right? but we belong to each other. And you say, well, she, she don't belong to you. Well, yeah, she does, everybody. <laughs> and you touch her, 
I kill you, right? <laughs> Just saying. And in the same way, what happens if I go out and I, I just, I, I'm going to go out with a bunch of girls. Can I do that? No, not for long anyway, right? <laughs> now, Emily, she'll remind you why, everybody. <laughs> she, will, she will remind them why. Now, here's the deal. I give you this illustration. Because when Jesus died, and when Jesus shed his blood for you, he offered you a free gift. A ring, so to say, right? A free gift of salvation. Now, how much does salvation cost you? Nothing. It's free, right? Scripture says that we, we, we have this free gift of salvation. What did it cost Jesus? Everything. It cost him absolutely everything. So when you say yes to the free gift of salvation, you know what that means? When you take the ring... You no longer own the rights to your own life anymore. You know, does that make sense to anybody today? You no longer, you belong to Jesus and you surrender to his lordship. Can I tell you, that's why I'm just so afraid of the culture that we live in and this casual approach to Jesus that Jesus is just my buddy, my homeboy. And that's, that's great. Jesus wants to be your friend. But we also need to recognize him as the Lord of our life. He's not just the little baby Jesus in a manger. He's not just a Jesus who just died for us. He's the risen son of God. He's our savior. He's the returning king that we're going to meet one day. And I'm just telling you, it's time to stop saying, oh, oh, the Lord, Lord, we love you. No, it's time for us to recognize him as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to recognize that our lives, they, don't, they, they no longer belong to us. Our life belongs to him. So with that said, I wanna give you the real version of this Proverbs chapter three. It says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all of it, not partial, all of it, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You know what this word acknowledge translated is? Acknowledge is this word yada, which means to know. So when we, it's literally saying in all your ways, know the Lord. And you know that same word is used in Genesis to describe the relationship that Adam had with his spouse, Eve. You know what that means? It's an intimate thing to know Jesus. You know, here's the bottom line. The reason that so many of us, so the reason that so many of us, we don't surrender our life to the Lordship of Jesus, it's because we don't trust him in that area of our life. We just don't trust him. And can I just tell you, to know Jesus and not just to know about him, but to know him like this yada, acknowledge means to know Jesus intimately. When you know him, to know him is to love him, everybody. To know him is to trust him. To know him is to begin to serve him. To know him is to surrender your life to him because you know who 
He is, that he's all powerful, he's omnipresent, he's good in everything, that he sets you apart, that he's so holy, he's so good. To know him is to surrender your life to him, to the reigning king, not just the little baby Jesus, but to the king, to the name above every name. Listen, he's not just some far away God, but he's relational. He wants to know you. He's a God who came to us on this earth because he wanted to reveal himself to us. Can I tell you, that's why God sent Jesus so that we could know him, so that we could relate to him, so that we can have this love relationship with him. And you know, when somebody, while Jesus was on this earth, when somebody asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Pretty important question. What's the greatest commandment here on earth? And Jesus responded, and he essentially said, it's a relational commandment. You know what Jesus said? The greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Notice all, not partial, all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. The greatest commandment is to live a fully committed life. Not a partial feel good, not a I like this part, but I don't like this part. It's a love relationship because I know him and because I love him. It's an everyday thriving relationship. And the tragedy is, is that in some cases there are too many people who are just under the illusion that they're cool with Jesus because they've either checked the box or they got water baptized or they, they, they took communion for the first time or they say, God bless you when you sneeze. You know, like they think that they're cool because they like, I'm good with Jesus. But the reality is, there's a lot more to Christianity than just that. The gift of eternal life may not cost you anything, but your only reasonable response is to then give your whole life in full surrender to the Lord of this earth. Listen, if you're not doing that, if you're not giving your whole life, then sometimes we just gotta ask the question, do you really know who Jesus is? Because I'm convinced that when you truly know and the intimate know, like we talked about, when you truly know him, your best response, your only response, the proper response, the, what you're going to want to do is to give your life to him. In fact, I wanted to finish out this scripture. It's my favorite scripture and it's a very haunting scripture. But it's a scripture, it's actually the reason we started this church was because of Matthew chapter seven, verse 21, where Jesus says, remember we read this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Look at, verse, look at this next verse, verse 22. It says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? Can I put it in modern day language for you? Many will say, Lord, Lord, I went to church every single Sunday. Lord, Lord, I, 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 I gave some money when I had it. Lord, Lord, I helped, I helped somebody when they needed to move. <laughs> like I, I, I served some people. Lord, I did all these things. But you know what he's going to say? He says, then I will tell you plainly. I never knew you. Same word, everybody. Away from me, you evildoers. 
You see, there's a big difference between calling Jesus Lord and surrendering your full life to him. He's not a part-time Lord and he does not want part-time followers. Listen, our God gave us his all and the only reasonable response is to give our all for him. But you say, well, well, Pastor Noah, I've done that. Pastor Noah, I've given, I've, I've surrendered. Some of you in here today, you, you don't need to surrender your life to Jesus. You've done that. You've surrendered your life under the Lordship of Jesus. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, what happens after we give him our life? Well, I want you to remember something. When, when, when Jesus, remember when someone asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The verse didn't end there. He said, Jesus said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I really think that this quality is what sets our church apart from so many others. The fact that we're willing to not just surrender our life under the Lordship of Jesus, but to love our neighbor as ourself. I tell you this week, Thursday, I believe it was, uh, there was a man that went through our little drive-through line to pick up some food and get some assistance. I mean, there were hundreds of people that went through every day. Some people, they just needed a pillow and a blanket. I, this man came through and they stopped and they pulled him over the whole side of his face was black and blue. I go and talk with him and he would tell me that his house collapsed on him. Something hit him right in the face and I'm telling you, he couldn't, his eye was barely open. Probably in his 70s, older man, lived by himself, had a grandkid nearby Anyway, in the midst of the storm, somebody came and rescued him, and he lives to kind of tell the story today. He had nothing, and honestly, he didn't want too much either. Very humble. And uh, this guy, Roger, it, Roger is his name, and they called, they, were, they said, well, we need a pastor, we need a pastor. So I went over and met him and heard, his, heard that story. And in a moment, in the middle of, well, it's kind of raining outside and everything, he's in his car with his little dog. <laughs> I talk with him for a little bit and we just talk about how, how much of a miracle it is that he's still here today. And he said, I really, I really think that God was watching over me. I said, you know, Roger, I, th I think so too. And I said, well, would you just take, would, would you care if we just take a moment and we just pray? I said, I wanna pray healing for your, for your face and anything that's hurting. But I said, would you just also just take a moment and just surrender your life to Jesus? We prayed a short simple prayer where we just said, Lord, I thank you for Roger. I thank you that you saved him and that he's here on purpose. He's making you the Lord of his life today. 
And I'm telling you, tears streamed down his face. The man is a new creation, although his face might be beat up, everybody. He's new in Jesus' name today. And friends, that's just one of so many stories that I could tell you. It's one of so many stories that I could tell you about what's happened even just in this room. We don't have to go down there for that to happen. It's in our backyard too. But I'm telling you, it's just one of many stories that I've seen over the past four years of this church that you're reaching, that you're touching, you're pulling people out of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And you say, well, well, why do we give? Why do we sacrifice? You know what? It's because of Roger, right? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's because of people like him. It's because of people like you, who you came into this room lost, broken in a dark place and you've experienced who Jesus is. You've come to know who he is. You've come to accept him as Lord. It's why do we do it? Can I just tell you, why do we give? Why do we sacrifice? It's because we're called as a church, everybody, to help someone in need. We're, we're to love those in need. I love the little vision offering thing that you just saw about Taffy. That's such a great organization, feeding kids in need. Can I tell you how awesome is that, that we get to partner with people who are making a difference like that? Man, we get to go and lend a helping hand to people. To, we get to provide for orphans, everybody. We get to provide for those who are without. We get to touch those who are hurting. We bring communities together, everybody. That's what we do as a church. People need someone to love them. They need someone where they can, man, they need a church to where if they just look at them, they can see the love of Jesus. And can I just tell you, friends, this is what we do. And we do it for people like Roger and the many stories that are sitting in this room right now. And so today in your seat, there was an envelope. Just said, take ground on it. I want you to grab that really quick. There's those cards. And I just want to challenge you. Listen, God's given us a vision for the next year as a church. I think he's spoken very clearly to us and he's just given this idea to just take ground. And I said, even before we even go into 2022, I think it's interesting that he's already given us opportunities to take some ground for the kingdom of God. And if you're new here, listen, our church has been preparing since October for this vision offering. We've been talking about it since, since mid-October and we've challenged people to take ground. And in fact, we set a goal. We set a $25,000 goal. And I'm telling you, we've already given the first 10%. In fact, we've given way over the 10% away by now. This whole Mayfield thing is a whole other, a whole other deal. We're gonna give way more than 10% away. But we've got this $25,000 goal. It's a God-sized goal. And our church family, we've been praying over this up until this day. And I just want to challenge everybody. Would you just, can I just challenge you in this room? Would you trust God in this? Some of you, you're, you're going to give today. <laughs> and you're going to give of some resources that you're like, there's no way that God could provide after this. I'm telling you, he can and he will. Would you put your trust in him today? 
And I think, I, I just, I believe in this so much that I think every single one of us should be a part of this. I think we should all be a part of this moment because this vision offering is gonna demonstrate how our church can go love on people. This vision offering quite literally demonstrates God's love to our city and beyond everybody. And that's why we're doing it. And you say, well, what, what are we doing? Well, we're doing outreach, we're doing, you've seen the videos, we've done all these outreach initiatives. Man, we're working on things for you, for conferences in this, in this area. We're gonna, in fact, there's a marriage conference coming up in February. We've got all kinds of conferences ready for you. We're, for you guys who are watching church online, we're gonna do some upgrades to church online this year. In fact, there's, in fact, if you re, go on the website, cause there's a little interesting column called expansion. We've got, I, I believe God has called us to take ground this year. And uh, man, if you wanna learn more about that, look at our website, cityhope.life, click on the vision offering. But I think God has some plans to expand us here in our area and, uh, but man, I don't have time to tell you all about it, but listen, we give, we love, we serve, and we're doing it, why? <laughs> not to just make our things better, not to just make our building prettier, no. We do it to reach people like Roger, and we do it to reach those of you who have similar stories, even just in this room. In fact, if you're here and you're prepared to give and if you have your envelope ready, would you just close your eyes, bow your heads? Would you just hold this in your hand? In fact, would you just lift this up? Man, church, we've prepared for this for a long time now. I just wanna pray over it. Hands lifted in the air. Father, today, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to make a difference. Lord, even just in our small region, God, it's so humbling to be such a small part of what you're doing in this world. And so Father, today I pray a special blessing over every person in this room. Father, those who have sacrificed for this gift. Father, those who have sacrificed for your kingdom. Lord, I pray a special blessing, Lord. I pray that you would open the floodgates of heaven as your word promises. Lord, pour out blessings in their life. Father, I thank you that you've called us this year to take ground as a church. Father, I know that you, <laughs> Lord, that you're leading us, you're guiding us, you're directing us, you're showing us where to go. And Father, we say today that we won't move without you. God, we love you. God, I thank you for what you're gonna do through this. God, I thank you for every kid that is fed through this offering. God, I thank you for every family that we're gonna see restored. God, marriage is healed. God, financial, uh, financial things restored in people's lives. God, every person that we are going to lend a helping hand to, God, I pray that you would just continue to bless it. Lord, continue to bless this ministry. God, continue to let us make an impact on the people around us. Lord, you're good and we love you. And we thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' mighty name, amen. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we never end without giving you this opportunity. All you gotta do is say a simple prayer. In fact, the whole church, we're all gonna pray this together. Church, would you repeat this after me? Say, dear God, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, 
to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this and mean it. Say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer?